Hello everybody, Paul Patrick here. I hope you're well. I hope everything's going well. Wow, I mean, it's uh, it's just looking at uh, things at the moment out there in the UK and all around the world, really. Things aren't great, are they? There, there's a lot of doom and gloom about, which is not good. Um, and actually, on that note, I, I think really I just wanted to talk about today some of the big mistakes that small businesses make and uh, there, there are obviously lots and lots and lots of these um, it's not always easy to identify them as mistakes but I wanted to share with you uh, some of them today uh, I'm going to share four with you today and then in part two of this which will be coming uh, coming along soon we'll share the other four you know an interesting notion i don't know if you realize there are mistakes that you can make at various stages of your business growth that can slowly kill it for months or even years if you don't watch out for them something things that you do um which you think are the right things to do um possibly because you haven't got the right uh, advice or you haven't got the right team or you yourself haven't got the right uh, the knowledge required to actually build your business in this way so you make these mistakes and they can actually uh, a little bit like i guess cancer in some ways they can be festering there or a disease can be festering there for months and months or years and years and they have a huge effect on your business um so these mistakes they do exist and you know they're not just reserved for uh startups uh, or, or, or or rookie companies uh, you know, many working businesses, including those that you might think are successful uh, from the outside, because they've been around for you know years and years, they often still make these mistakes. So just because you have been around a while, <clears throat> you may actually be having these mistakes. Now, you may still be doing OK, but if you can identify these mistakes and actually eliminate them and turn things around, you'll be doing even better. And although some of these Big and sneaky mistakes uh, that uh, aren't always obvious uh, seem to be aimed more at the service type companies. So if you're in a service company, if you sell services as opposed to products, uh, sometimes these might seem that these are these mistakes are only actually relevant for them, but actually they're not. They, they they fit almost any type of business in any type of industry. I've seen them uh, over over the time in various different companies that you wouldn't expect. Uh, but I've done my best here to really give you some examples of these types of mistakes, so that maybe it will help you identify within your own business if you're actually doing these things. And obviously, then it's a case of uh, can we turn it around? What can we do differently to um, get uh, rid of those and actually improve? So let's dive into these um, mistakes. And number one on the list is actually a big one. Uh, underestimating uh, the time it takes for a project or service to be delivered. Um, it sounds crazy, but actually uh, this happens a lot. It's a big one and it, and it pertains mainly, of course, to service companies, but it also can pertain to companies that sell products. So this might be uh, the time it takes to deliver, the time it takes to create, manufacture and things like that. Um, and it's, you know, this is really obviously a, a service companies. If you're a service based company, this is your bread and butter. So this is vitally important that you uh, can deliver on time, as you said you will, because otherwise a client, you, a client won't be happy. Uh, you may have penalties involved. And it can really cost your business uh, in, in many ways, not least in reputation and things like that, if you don't get it right. And also repeat business, of course. 
So if you can't, if you don't estimate your time to perform each and every service in your repertoire, uh, you will get burned. Uh, there's little that you can do about it, but bite the bullet and really learn from it. So you really must uh, ensure that you do that. And, and one of the ways to do that, obviously, is to trial, um, to do to, to trial and make sure that you actually uh, almost role play the uh, the actual service uh, to ensure that you're bang on. Never guess, you know, you can't guess and estimate. And also sometimes if you're involving other businesses or other people that uh, you rely on to deliver some of the project or service or product, then um, of course you, you must make sure that they're on board with you as well. Um, and one of the best ways to estimate the time is to do it once yourself, as I've just said, or watch your best employee uh, do the task and then throw in a little fudge factor on top of it, I like to say. Um, for, for product companies, uh, time can become an issue with logistics as well and things like that. So, so do be aware of this. Um, so that's number one. Number two, not knowing your company numbers uh, or incorrectly setting your prices. Now you'll notice there that I emphasise the words your the word your. It's a common mistake to use your competitors as your pricing gauge. Uh, yes, you've got to start somewhere, but um, you know if you're going to do that, you, you need to obviously really know your market well. And um, if you don't actually know, you know your own numbers, uh, your own costs, because at the end of the day, pricing comes down to you know your business. Um, if you are if you have lower costs than other comp other companies in your marketplace. Obviously, you can afford to um, charge less than those, uh, the, the other, your competitors. But, you know, think about the, the nightmare that you could get yourself into. And this is a, obviously one of the mistakes that many businesses have made. If you only rely on your competitors pricing, um, you know, you could uh, look at your competitors price. You could then cut it because you feel like you you know, you want to be cheaper than them by 10% and then start selling. Well, you know, if that doesn't work uh, in terms of your cost and your overheads and, and, and how much uh, your cost of goods, your cost of services, everything else, if that doesn't work, then, you know, you, you're on a fast track to the bottom, which is not great. And to be quite honest with you, you know, uh, I don't really think that unless you are, you know, uh, like Amazon, then it should all be about being the cheapest. Um, and an important thing to remember, especially at the moment, you know, in times of recession, in, in hard times, what tends to happen is people do either look for, you know, uh, the lower price. They, uh, this is why, as you, you, you're seeing now, a lot of the <clears throat> sort of budget supermarkets, for instance, are really increasing all their, their customers. But what you'll also find is that people are prepared to pay for quality. So it's either got to be cheap or it's got to be quality. You know, those of you that are in the middle at the moment, trying to sort of not be too high and not be too low, uh, neither neither one thing or the other, you are you're you're in danger. And I, you know, you really need to think about how you can improve the. If you are in there, either uh, you need to get you need to be able to cut your prices and be more competitive, uh, uh, so so that people will so that clients people customers will come to you because of that or you need to be at the other end uh, pricing higher and there are lots of ways that you can actually increase your value without necessarily uh, creating any more work this is something what some sometimes businesses are wary of well if i 
if I charge more, I have to give more and it's going to cost more. And, you know, we're already we're already flat out. Well, you know, that's not always the case. It doesn't have to be that way. There are many, many different ways of um, adding value to what you're doing, uh, therefore being able to increase your pricing and actually providing a better service or providing better products to your um, to your clients, to your customers. You know, and if the competition has a really bad pricing structure that you're following the coattails of or, or, or using as your barometer and they're barely making even money or, or even losing money, then you're, you're in trouble. You're following them straight to the bottom. You know, it's going to be a case of who gets there first. And as, as I've just said, you know, if your costs are more than theirs, um, then, you know, you, you've got a problem there as well. Uh, you can use competitors um, and make sure that you... You know, you look across the board uh, to rather than just using one. It's the old thing when you get your house valued, you never have just one estate agent out to value it. You you have two or three or four so that you get a, a broad spectrum and a different opinions so that you know that roughly that you're in the right place. Um, then, you know, you can use that as a starting point, but you cannot base your whole pricing strategy and your own you need to know your own company numbers. This is really where it should be coming from. Um, so that is number two. So moving on to number three, we're halfway there on this first part of the uh, eight big mistakes that many business are doing. I don't know if you can identify with any of these at the moment. If you've got experience, maybe you've overcome them, by all means, send me a voice message. Uh, send me a voice note. You can do that. Um, and I'd love to hear your opinions on these things. And maybe if you've got any advice for our other listeners out there, uh, you can obviously, um, I will uh, mention you if you want to be mentioned. If you don't, then obviously you can say that. But I would like to share because it's all about helping each other. You know, business doesn't have to be all about you know, oh, let's keep everything secret and be competitive and all that all the time. We need to help each other, especially small and medium enterprises. Small businesses need to rally around each other and really support each other at this time in particular, if we're going to get through um, the coming up. So number three is uh, not charging for all of your time and costs. OK, now, it seems like a silly statement to some, but I bet you that, that, that many business owners and many of you out there will probably admit that they have given away too much of the farm at times, given too much. OK, you know, especially when you're starting out, um, you're desperate to get customers. It's, you know, and things like that. But, you know, uh, you have to believe in your own value. Uh, it's really this is what customers are looking for. You have to show them that you are different. Be Differentiate yourself. Show them that you can um, deliver what they are looking for. At the end of the day, businesses are in place to solve problems. That's what businesses do. Uh, we are, uh, you know, the great problem solvers. Entrepreneurs are problem solvers. Business owners are problem solvers. Businesses solve problems for their customers and obviously for their owners and for the people that they employ. If you think about it, you know, you're solving a problem. Uh, this is what we're doing. So always think about it from that point of view. What are the problems that you're um, uh, customers clients have uh, and then really focus on those uh, listen there's nothing wrong with giving a little extra here and there to show that you care and to really um, 
put yourself above the parapet as it were in terms of yes these are the people we want to deal with they're, they're giving great value they're really looking after us they really understand us um but either way you know it's not what, what i'm really getting to here what concerns me in, in that i see a lot are those who put a lot of quality into their work uh, products services their stores but they do not cover the cost for it okay again this goes back to maybe number two if you don't know your numbers it's very you know you're not going to be able to understand where your profits are where your losses are okay um as an example uh, of, of that you know let's say you, you run a service company and your competitors don't do a certain st standard service that you do uh, you can't just undercut the price to steal that job. You need to have that cost covered in your rates and advertise the fact that it comes with the price up front. Um, you know, these types of stores undermine themselves, for example, when they put more people on the floor for customer service, but they don't charge for it. They don't uh, show the value. You can't obviously just say, this is what we're doing. You have to portray the value and why this is great for the customer. What it means, it means, Mr. Customer, that because we've got more people on the shop floor, we're going to get you out of the door, you know, 30 minutes quicker than our competitors. And that's a guarantee. If you put a guarantee on it, fantastic, you know, and it's going to be an attractive guarantee to somebody who, you know, we're all busy. Time is one thing that they're not, they don't make any more of, as, as the saying goes. So think about that. Think about uh, that sort of that sort of perspective, how you can deliver value, but you have to communicate that value as well in your marketing and your advertising and in your day to day uh, business. Uh, you have to ensure that your staff are understanding that, you know, we're in the problem solving business. We're in the uh, delivering value business here. And this is really the way that we, we portray ourselves to the customers, to the clients. You know, those things that you are putting in place, they cost you money. And, and and when your competitors don't do them, then it will cost it costs them money if you are doing it in the right way. OK, uh, so that's number three. And we're going to get on to number four in just a moment. So, as we said, this is part four, part four is all about not getting paid fast enough, not getting paid at the end of the day, when you break it down for the business to survive, you have to get the money in the door. It has to be there. Cash flow is the most important thing. You know, uh, as long as you are actually making enough money to pay the bills, uh, then the problem is not a problem. Uh, and it doesn't have to be as bad. You know, and it's one of those things, you know, we all have it. If you're a service business, if you're... Uh, you know, selling products, if you're wholesale, whatever you do, sometimes there are issues with billing. Um, there are issues with customers not paying, what have you. Um, but, you know, a couple of things, a couple of simple things, really. Um, you know, you have to bill your customers promptly and you have to set the expectations. You know, this sounds obvious. Um, yes, uh, we obviously want to be flexible. We want to be kind. We want to be nice. We want to be pe good people that people want to do business with. But ultimately, we we provide a service or a product or whatever it may be, and we want uh, we need to get paid for that because we have our costs. You know, it's not free for us to uh, put forward to provide what we're providing, and it's actually very common for small businesses not to have procedures or systems in place. That actually get the invoices generated get the invoices out the door in a timely fashion uh, and systems and procedures where those invoices are actually you know followed up 
and you know if necessary you have to uh, send the boys around for want of a better phrase um, obviously we're not sending anybody around to do anything in the real world um, we but but ultimately we you know customers and clients need to understand that they they have to pay us so you need to do that um, and uh, you can't accept um, people not paying you it's, it's not on if necessary obviously you have to take it to debt collection then that's what that's what you need to do do not be put off by people that, oh you know I just need another few and just need another it goes on and on and on and ultimately you're the one that's missing out because every penny that you're missing and all the time that you're spending that uh, is obviously belittling and actually diminishing the value that you're taking in in, in return and it seems unlikely that um, you know ultimately we're we're here to get paid. We're here to we're doing the work. We need we want to get paid. It seems unlikely that you know businesses would not do that, and we would not have these processes and systems in place. But it is actually quite common, um, and they can always be improved like anything else. And it's like a lot of things. If you focus on it for a period of time, if you have an issue with you know non-paying customers or customers not paying on time and things like that then it's something that you really want to focus on because what you focus on uh, actually changes and you will see results. If you just let it go and you just uh, take it as, assume it as you know, one of those things, then ultimately you're going to be the one that pays it. You're going to be the one and your business and your employees, your staff, your family ultimately will be the ones that pay the price for the fact that you didn't actually focus on this in time. Okay, um, so, you know, if you have if you have a team, Let's have somebody responsible for this particular thing. You know, the faster you turn around your invoices, the better your cash flow. It gives you, buys you more time. It buys you more, you know, um, ability to do things and continue to grow your business and make sure that everybody is happy. Okay. A second part is the other end. Okay. And this is uh, the, the sort of antithesis of what we just talked about, you know, be almost being one of those bad paying customers now i'm not saying do not pay but you do not have to you know you will get terms uh, some if a company says okay you have 90 days to pay us then you have to use that 90 days and this is particularly relevant if at the moment uh or in, if at the moment or in the past you've struggled your business is struggling you know um, payments going out can be slowed down they can be stopped one of the first things that I do when I go into a, a distressed company is I look at the payments we can stop straight away. OK, um, you know, paying by check gives you that extra time rather than having things go out on direct debit or backs or whatever it may be. Um, you do what you need to do because it can make a massive difference because what you're doing, especially in a distressed company, is you're buying yourself time. OK, so, you know, don't be uh, overly quick to pay um your pay your bills okay so do it as slowly as you possibly can with vendors um and you know um don't play don't pay employees on a weekly basis or fortnightly basis you know get them on a proper month to month this is the master a lot of companies out there particularly in um kind of the blue collar industries that where employees can still pay weekly or fortnightly you know get them get everybody onto a monthly basis um because again, you are you have that time to get the money in if you're distressed, uh, and actually all of a sudden, you know, the bank looks a bit better, a bit more healthy, um, and you know this is something to think about in, in the times that are coming ahead. 
uh, you know, things aren't going to slow down for a lot of companies out there, for a lot of you guys out there. Um, and this is one of the things you can do, um, a little bit of kind of financial engineering, uh, which will actually, you know, give you more time because ultimately it is time. And one thing I will say, you know, in terms of um, uh, being a distressed business or, or getting into trouble, a lot of companies don't think that they're actually in trouble. But I can tell you that, you know, the actual definition of insolvency is not being able to pay their bills when due. OK, now, if you look at um, your uh, your your own cash flow, your own balance sheets and things like that, if you see that actually, you know, if these bills become due, we can't pay them and you're reliant on money coming in, then you are technically insolvent to, to a point of view. I'm obviously not a uh, insolvency practitioner or um, anything legal like that. So, you know, don't uh, take my word for saying, but it's a, it's a fact you can look it up yourself. So it's important to really, you know, uh, uh, use your money wisely, use it cleverly. You know, it's not just a case of what's coming in, what's going out. How can we manipulate that to suit our business? Um, but yeah, get paid, not getting paid fast enough. You know, cash flow, it's one of the biggest uh, problems we have. So listen, guys, I hope you uh, enjoyed the first four uh, parts of this series. I will be back uh, next time with uh, parts uh, part two of this particular one where I'll talk you through numbers uh, five, six and seven. Uh, just to give you a heads up, number five, we'll be talking about uh, systems and procedures. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, spending uh, advertising money and uh, things like that. Uh, number seven is we're spreading yourself too thin. Uh, something that we perhaps uh, alluded to earlier and then number eight is obviously not getting help soon enough in whether that be um, as a coach consultant or whatever it may be that you need help with or some member of staff or somebody to come in and help you there's a common reason that business has failed so we'll be going through those in obviously in much more depth next time around I really hope you enjoyed it and um, please do uh, send me a voice message or uh, email or whatever it might be to let me know how you felt if you've got any questions or anything about anything that we talked about please do reach out i am here to help and i look forward to speaking to you next time